I have preached around this country. I've been in a lot of meetings with preachers getting up there preaching sermons, and I sit there and cringe, and I think, don't they understand the gospel? I uh, mentioned this in a couple of the college classes, but I'll just mention it one more time. I was up there speaking for Dr. Greg Dixon in Annapolis Baptist Temple years ago. He'd asked me if I would uh, speak in their uh, unregistered church uh, Baptist Fellowship meeting. I said, sure, I'll speak. And I knew that whenever I got there, there's people that don't believe like I do. But Dr. Dixon always liked me to speak because... Well, he, he liked the gospel that I preached, and he told me so. He says, I've never heard anybody give the gospel as clear as you do. And I thanked him for that. But he had all these other guys that were not clear, but he, I, I guess he wanted a balance. So when I got there to speak, and I looked, and there's several hundred of these Baptist preachers in there. And I, I thought, if I die, I die. But I may never get another chance. I might have just, you know, dumped the whole load. So I decided uh, I'm just going to let it rip. And I'm going to say what the gospel is, and I'm going to say what the gospel is not. And I'm going to hit on lordship salvation. I'm going to hit as hard as I can on repentance. Of course, some of the people that got up and spoke before I did was telling them how that we got to get back to old time repentance. We got to get people right with God. And oh man, they really pound a pulpit and they holler and yell and screamed and all that right there. And I thought, where's the beef? Where's the beef? A lot of fluff, no substance. And uh, the, if the, the way you want to get Baptists on your side, you just say, I believe in the King James, amen, 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 all the way, amen. I believe in having high standards, amen. They want a little go to that one. And you just name it, and you know, that the fundamentals of the faith and, and all that. And you can spend up 20 minutes, 30 minutes just doing all of that and getting all their, on their side. Well, I thought, I ain't got time to waste all that kind of time. And I'm going to hit it right off the bat. And I, I did. But I knew that there was one man there that was very, very strong, and I had heard him preach, and he was, he was mean. He was rough. And I knew that if I get through, this may be my last day on earth. I mean, the guy, he was huge. He was big. I shook hands with him one time, and he just swallowed my hand. And I thought, where's my wife? My wife might have been there, but I'm not real sure now. Yeah, yeah, you, you were there. She goes to these meetings. She said, sharing cringes. <laughs> and so I knew that this one guy back in the back corner, and there was a bunch of them in there. And so I told about repent and how that there's preachers that are adding to the gospel. That is not the gospel. Not a one of y'all have ever turned from your sins and blah, 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 blah. I went on to and I told him that Lordship Salvation, how wrong it is, and it's just making, you know, the, the gospel of none effect. And, and so I, I hit that as good as I did. He could. And I said, there's no, there's no such thing as having evidences of salvation. There are no evidences that you're saved. You can't see a spiritual birth. And there's nothing a man can do to convince you that he's really saved. I can't convince you I am really saved. There is no way I can convince you I'm really saved. All you know and what you believe is what I tell you. But I could lie to you. I could deceive you. True? Now, I'm not, but I mean I could. So after I got through, I went down. I was going back to my little table I had and a chart that I had over there. And I waited for the onslaught. And when I was walking this way, I saw that man get up same time I did. And I walked down the steps and I walked on. He has a big church up there. This was a long time ago. That guy got up and he started walking across. 
and I know where he coming to my table. And he got right over to my table. He walked up to me, and I'm talking about, he looked like, you know, wearing a Saturday night live wrestling match. And he walked right up to me, and he put that big old hand out. He says, I want to shake your hand. That's the best message I've ever heard on the gospel. I agree with everything you said. He says, would you come to Texas and speak in my meeting that I have down there? I said, yes, sir. I went down there and spoke in that meeting. <laughs> and you know, they'll get right up and preach the next sermon. You got to repent and do the same thing all over again. Like they didn't hear a word I said. You say people ain't like that. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Look at the next statement. Religion teaches one must feel sorry for your sin to get saved. Understand that salvation is not based on feelings. It doesn't matter how you feel about anything. Feeling has nothing to do with salvation. You may get saved and you was crying a bucket of tears. And somebody else trusted Christ as a smile on their face. Now, which one was genuine? Well, the tears, he was under conviction. You mean a person can't get saved if they're not under conviction of the tears? Well, that's because they were sorry for their sins. There's no verse in the Bible that says you have to be sorry for your sin. Should you be sorry for your sin? Yeah, but there's no scripture that demands. You've got to be sorry for whatever you've done wrong. Oh, uh, which wrong? How many of them? Can you remember all of your sins? You've got to confess all your sins. How many sins can you remember? Uh, uh, last week, I think I did something. You didn't already forgot them and moved on. Now, God knows all of them. But it's not based upon your feelings. How you feel about your sins has nothing to do with salvation. He that believeth hath everlasting life. It's based upon the fact Christ died on that cross, paid for my sins, and if I trust him, I have eternal life. The next statement, religion teaches one must turn away from sin to get saved. This is not the gospel. This means to stop being bad. This produces confusion. Next one, religion teaches one must walk to the front of the church and get saved. This is not the gospel. You don't have to walk to the front of the church, the back of the church, side of the church. You can trust Christ as a Savior right where you sit. Yes or no? You can. Now, there's nothing wrong in going to the front of the church if they are going to take the Bible and show you how to be saved. But if that's the only way they know to do it, whatever they tell you down here, why can't they just go ahead and tell you where you're sitting? What difference does that make? Because, you see, you get to see the decisions. And these decisions reveal how effective I am. So the more people I can get to make decisions, the more, well, I get paid. The more I get opportunities to go to other churches and more other preachers want because he gets decisions. If I have 100 people, I preach. I expect at least the minimum of 100 decisions every time. Because some of you are going to decide yes, and some of you decide no. And some of you say, I'm not going to decide at all. That's a decision. But I believe everybody makes a decision every time I preach on something that I say. You may sit here and hear one sermon and make 10 decisions about what you're going to do with your life. Is it possible? But these are the only ones we count. No. People can do it, but I'm just saying that it's not the gospel. It's not required in the gospel that you have to walk forward and confess it in church to be saved. If people want to do that, go ahead, but don't say that's what you have to do. 
The next statement. Religion teaches one must get water baptized to get saved. This is not the gospel. Now look at my little statement that I have here. If true, then salvation is by works. And the one who baptizes is the Savior, not Christ. The thief on the cross was not baptized, and Christ told him that he would be in paradise. Isn't that true? Did the thief get off the cross, get baptized, and then get back up? Well, he got down and joined the church, then got back up. Well, he said, oh, I promise, I'll not do anything bad anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, he can keep his word there. He's going to commit his life to Christ. How much? Well, he only had to commit about two minutes because he was dying, you know. Now, is it fair for one man to have to commit his life to only two or three minutes or five at the most? And me, I've had to commit 57 years. That's not fair. I had 57 years to lose my salvation. He only had two. Not right. So you don't have to. Look at the next statement. Religion teaches one must get infants baptized to get saved. You know there's people who actually believe you have to baptize a child in order to get them saved, safe, and secure. There's religions that teach that. But baptism is for believers only. Only believers. See, all these things is like taking Jesus Christ. You know that little baby that was born in a manger? He grew up and went to a cross to die for all the world. And what we've done is we've slapped him in the face. And that's not enough. Everything he went through, all the shame, all the punishment that he went through, the death that he died, all that, that's good. But it wasn't enough. I had to still get water baptized. That's like John John having a Maserati and he wants to give it to me. It's only cost about, say, $200,000. He wants to give it to me. I said, John, John, I really appreciate it. You know, buddy, I, I can't take that for nothing. I mean, i got to have a part in this here. Um, here's a quarter. Now, if I give him this quarter, remember, I cannot cheapen that car. Well, the value of that car, unless he takes it. If he don't take it, that car is still valuable. He won't let me have it because I can't have it. I can't buy it. Salvation is free. If Jesus Christ accepted a little payment, I'll turn from my sins. I'll commit my life. I'll get water baptized. He cheapens what he did. He can only one that can cheapen it. He's the one that has to make it of none effect. But the Bible says it's by grace and it's not by works. And I don't believe that Jesus Christ is going to cheapen what he did for me. He says this is the way it is. It's free or not at all. Free or not at all. That's why you'll find in certain places of none effect. Christ become of none effect. And if a man could deliver himself by his own righteousness and Christ is dead, hmm, in vain. Look at the next statement. Down at the bottom of the page, religion teach one must give enough money to get saved. He must give money. Now, if you had to give money, okay, what if you didn't have any? And if you had to give money, how much? Who told you how much money to give? Well, if you got to buy it, shouldn't it be the same price for everybody? Everybody have to pay the same amount? But you see, there's people that are saying you've got to make a payment. Did you know just by promising to be good, that means you've got to make a payment? You're making payments.
Did you ever get a car and have to make payments? What happens if you don't make the payments? Well, la-di-da. You see why people can lose their salvation? Because they're making payments on it. I've got it as long as I'm good. But if I miss a payment by being bad, uh, then I, I, I lose my car. And so that's, I mean, God says when he died on the cross, it is finished. Paid in full. There's no payments for me to make. But look how many people are mutilating the gospel of Jesus Christ by adding to what he did. Page two. Religion teaches one must make Jesus king and Lord of your life to be saved. That's not the gospel. This would be a commitment to serve. Remember, salvation is a decision to trust. Service is a commitment to serve. Salvation is a decision to trust. I'm trusting Christ to save me. Should a person who knows the Lord, should a person commit himself to serving the Lord? There's nothing wrong with that. But you'll notice that Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 and 2 comes after salvation. Notice when he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. That means in view of what God's done for you, that you present your bodies. When, as you do this before you're saved or you're doing this after you're saved? It's the will of God that you do this after you're saved. Present your body as a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable what? What's the next word? Service. service. So that's talking about service. So when you ask a lost man that he has to do this, then that's service, and that means salvation is not by grace, it is by your works. So this verse in Romans in chapter 12, verse 2, also says in verse 2, and be not conformed to this world. Is he talking to you after you're saved or before you're saved? After you're saved. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may discover what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You see, the way you discover the perfect will of God is you have to present your body as a living sacrifice. That's why some people will never know the will of God because they'll never present themselves and commit themselves to serve. After you commit yourself to do it, then you study to renew your mind so that you can transform your life and you discover that perfect will of God. God doesn't tell you everything up front unless you're willing to do it. See, most people think, God, you tell me everything that you want me to do and where you want me to go and how you want me to serve and what's going to happen down the road, and then I'll decide. God says, <laughs> forget all of that. That's why he says in the book of uh, Luke in chapter 14, you ought to read that whole chapter. It's excellent on discipleship. If a man doesn't love the Lord more than mother and father and brother and sister and hate, he said, you can't be my disciple. You can't be my disciple. You can play the game, but you can't be my disciple. The Lord's pretty serious about that. Now look at the next statement. Religion teaches one must keep the law, the Ten Commandments to be saved. This is not the gospel. If true, then salvation would not, could not be by grace. Because if it is by keeping the law, then it can't be free. How easy. Simple that is to understand. But preachers still preach it. They still teach it. Religion must, or teach one must outweigh the good over the bad in one's life to be saved. You ever heard people make the statement and give them testimonies? Well, I always thought when I got, you know, when I die, I stand before the judge and he puts the scales out there and puts my good works over here. And all my bad ones over here. And you 
have to wait and see which way it's going to go. That's what people have been told. People teach that. And you'd be surprised how many people you'll talk to in witnessing to people. And they think they're good. I talked to a man today that was here. And I don't need to tell you who it was, but he was a, an older gentleman. But he came, and he enjoyed everything. First time he's ever been here. And he sat back there. He was eating. He got through, and he walked up there, and I was getting me a drink. And uh, he says, I just want to thank you for a great service. He said, I really enjoyed it. And I says, uh, you know, who are you? So he told me, and who got him to come? And um, said he'd... Uh, Plan on coming back. I said, well, let me ask you a question. I says, um, do you know where you're going to go when you die? He says, I'm probably going to go to hell. I says, you're trying to tell me you didn't hear a word I said? I says, you were just in the meeting and you enjoyed it, but you didn't hear a word I said? And he looked at me. <laughs> he didn't expect me to come back like that. And I said, let me, let me show you something. And I went through the gospel again with him. And I says, now, doesn't that make sense? He says, yes, it does. I said, well, you trust Christ right now as your Savior? He says, yes, I will. I says, if you trust Christ right now, God gives you eternal life. I says, what would you have? He said, eternal life. I said, if it's eternal life, how long would it last? He says, forever. I said, if it lasts forever and all your sins are paid, where are you going to go when you die? He said, I'm going to heaven. I said, do you understand? He said, yes. I said, you're not only a sharp guy. I said, you're, you're, you're very intelligent. Only a fool would turn down a free gift like this. But do you know there are other lost people that were probably here? And if they don't raise their hand, I was told there was two that raised their hand this morning, but I didn't even see them. Somebody else was pointing them to them. That you ought to, if you see somebody and you don't know who they are, there's no way that I, as the preacher, should have talked to that guy and won him to the Lord. Should I? How many soul winners do we have in this church? I'm the only one. I'm the only guy? I don't think so. I think all of you in here know how to tell somebody. But you might have overlooked. Don't just take it for granted. Somebody else will get him. Somebody else will get him. I came by one door and I saw John talking to somebody. No, he was sitting at the table, I think it was. And um, did he trust the Lord or you know? He trusts the Lord? See, you, you can't get him by John. And the only thing I like about John is he, he steals them from me. But listen, keep your eyes open. And don't just take, well, they heard the gospel, so I don't have to talk to them. No! You're, that's just sowing the seed. And sometimes you can win them to the Lord afterwards. They're a lot more softer and mellow, and sometimes everybody just needs a one-on-one. -on -one. Works better than anything else in the world. So remember that. Look at the next statement. Religion teaches that one must believe in God, a higher power to be saved. And that's not the gospel. Even the devil believes in God. Believe there is a God, but that's not the gospel. A lot of people all over the world believe in a God. That doesn't save anybody. You have to know who Christ is, what he did, what he said. And Jesus Christ died on the cross and paid for my sins. You see, you, don't need, you can't trust in somebody you've never heard. That's why in Romans in chapter 10 he talks about how can you believe in somebody you have not heard and how can they hear without a preacher? What kind of feet do you have? You got pretty feet? You ought to have pretty feet. How beautiful are the feet of those that preach the gospel. Look at the next statement. Religion teaches one must partake in communion to be saved. That is not the gospel. Communion is only for believers to remember how or why we are saved and not to be saved. It's to keep in mind, I'm saved and here's why. And I want to live for the Lord and here's why. 
because that when it came, he's coming again. And so you do this in remembrance of him, looking forward to his coming again. It's not for the lost man to do. Religion teaches that one must pray to idols like Buddha, Mary, and other idols to get saved. This is not the gospel. Mary is not the queen of heaven. Mary is not anything other than a woman that God used. She was a virgin that brought the son into the world. And he used her to produce a body for the son of God. And she was blessed among women, but not above women. And she talked about God, her Savior. So if she needed a Savior, she had to be a sinner. So remember that. And prayer to these is to no avail. The next statement. Religion teach one must do work and show he is saved to be saved. That is not the gospel. I got some emails just this week on wanting me to answer questions for them about that very same thing right there. Do I have to keep doing anything to stay saved? Or do I have to show people that I am saved? So I'm supposed to answer some of that. I've already sent some to Bob over here, and I sent some, I think, to, yeah, I just sent one to Jesse right before church service tonight. And, uh, and I think I sent one to Peter. Uh, I can't remember when I sent one to Peter. Maybe I owe you a couple. <laughs> because I can't, I can't answer all of them. There's to, and they're all about these issues. Somebody said, well, nobody needs to know that. Yes, they do. It's these simple things that are messing people up because they can't understand. Not of works. Now, what does that mean? Somebody said, well, you, that means you don't keep the law of Moses. That has nothing to do with keeping the commandments of Christ. See how he's that just slippery slide? Works means works, not of works. Any kind of works, no kind of works. The foundation of the gospel is that Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, was buried, and Christ resurrected the third day according to the scriptures. It is found throughout the Bible and clearly defined in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. Because he preached the resurrection. And if Christ did not come back from the dead, your faith is in vain, because you're trusting in a dead man. Did Christ come back from the dead? Then we're not trusting in a dead man, and our faith is not in vain. So anyway, the bottom of the page, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. If you have not received Jesus Christ as Savior, what is stopping you? What would be the good reason why a person will not trust Christ as Savior if it requires nothing of them except to put their faith in what Christ did for them? Seems like everybody ought to trust the Lord. Can't find a good reason why a person wouldn't trust the Lord. Behold, now is the time of salvation, the day of salvation, because there's no guarantee of tomorrow. Look up here just a moment. Letting this hand represent you and me. The wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. I have to do this not only for your benefit, but because sometimes these sermons go further than just this church. Sometimes they find them, their way on the Internet 
and sometimes they're out there on the YouTube and they're everywhere. And we still get a lot of people who let us know they've trusted Christ as Savior from sermons that we've done two and three and four years ago. We're still getting comments on them. Uh, Jesse, in the last year, about how many has trusted Christ as your Savior? That's let us know. Uh, 250 on the YouTube ministry. Or 250 on the YouTube. That means while we're sleeping, sometimes people on the other side of the world are trusting Christ as their Savior. Yes, sir. So these are people who trust the Lord from sermons that were done and posted. Videos that have been up for at least a year. Yeah, that, that is awesome. That's mind-blowing. But anyway, you and me sin. We've all sinned. So we're all guilty. The wages of sin is death, so we all have to pay. We have to die. We cannot save ourselves. The Bible says Jesus Christ, this hand representing Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. He came into the world because he loved us, hates our sin. Our sin separates us from the Lord. So Jesus Christ, who had no sin, didn't have to die. So he took all the sin of all the world, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead. You see, everything I just told you, a Calvinist can't tell you this. God so loved all of us. They can't tell you that. Why? Because they don't believe that. They believe God only loves those that he, you know, he chose and rejected so many of the other. They can't tell you that. And they can't tell you that um, this hand represents Jesus Christ paid for all the sin of all the world. They can't tell you that. Why? Because, well, he didn't. He only paid for the sins of those he's going to save. And he's only going to save those who he already chose before they were born. You see, whatever will be, will be. It's all according to his charge that he made before we ever came into the world. That's slop. That's hog feet. That's nothing. Jesus Christ took all the sin of all the world, paid for on the cross, came back from the dead and said, whosoever. We see, when we say whosoever, we mean whosoever. Anybody. Open to all. If you'll believe he did this for you, he'll put this payment to your account, you can go to heaven. It's based upon your decision. God so loved the world. God's already chose to save everybody that wants to be saved and will trust him. Let's pray, shall we? With heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. Or if you're watching by internet, right on the screen and say, yes, I'll trust Christ as my Savior. If what I've said made sense and you want to know that you have eternal life, know that you're going to heaven when you die, will you trust Christ in, in Him alone? Don't trust in your works for salvation. You cannot save yourself by your works. But if you're in the auditorium, if you've never trusted Christ as Savior, would you trust Him right now? Say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I believe Christ died, paid for my sin. I'm going to trust Him right now as my Savior. If you're making that decision, would you just slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down? Anyone at all? If you're watching on the Internet, please let us know. Just click on that little screen, and we'd appreciate knowing that. Father, we are thankful so much for all you've done for us. Thank you for this time together. Thank you, for Lord, for the good service we had this morning, for all the music, the food, and and for those that accepted Christ as their Savior. And Lord, we do pray especially for those that will be traveling on the road. And for uh, Tyler and for Justin and uh, John John. And maybe others that will be traveling. Just keep them safe. And uh, we just pray that you'll use them wherever they go. And the people that they meet. And uh, give them wisdom. And thank you so much for all you've done for us in this church. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.